Hello there, welcome to the crossroad. My name is Tepo Mafata and I hope today's message will be very fruitful to you. We've been doing Romans uh, 15 um, and 14 for the past weeks and today I thought we should actually be looking at John 10 but starting from in verse 11 to about verse 30. Now, uh, let's just get on straight to it. There's so much to talk about in this message today. So I'm going to go through and get us online. And there we go. So let us just once more just go straight to our message for today. And just a brief, brief background. Jesus has just healed the blind man, the blind man who went and, and had an engagement with the Sanhedrin. Uh, the Sanhedrin is the Jewish leaders. Um, the blind man was eventually um, kicked out of the synagogue and he meets Jesus outside. And uh, when he meets with Jesus, Jesus introduces himself to him. He kneels down, he bows and worships Jesus Christ. And, and, and Jesus tells him that he came to this earth so that those that uh, see may become blind and those who are blind may, may, may see. And the Pharisees that were standing near when this was happening asked Jesus if they also were blind. And Jesus said that if they were not blind, then they would not have been guilty. But because they say that they see, their they guilt remains. And then Jesus starts in, verse, in John 10 from verse 1 to 10 pretty much by giving a contrast between a false shepherd and, 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 and a true shepherd. I don't want us to go into detail on that, but I think we should, I want us to start from verse 11. And verse 11 starts by saying, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I am the good shepherd. One of the seven I am statements. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verses in verse 12, he who is a hired hand, in other words, is not the shepherd, he d who does not own the sheep. So here Jesus is giving us a brief description of the false shepherd. A false shepherd, as, contra uh, as, as, as contradicting the good shepherd, is the one who is a hired hand, he is not the real shepherd, and he does not own the sheep, meaning that the good shepherd the one who lays down his life is not a hired hand. He is the shepherd and he owns the sheep. Because Jesus is con con contrasting the two. He's contrasting the good shepherd and the false shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life and the one who is not a shepherd, who is a hired hand, who does not own the sheep, is the, is the false shepherd. Now what does the false shepherd do? When he sees the wolf coming, when he sees danger coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So this false shepherd who is a hired hand who does not own the sheep, when he sees danger coming, he leaves the sheep and he flees. And then danger comes over the wolf, uh, the, the sheep and, 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 and the sheep are exposed to danger. Why does the false shepherd flee because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So Jesus here is simply saying, I am the good shepherd because 
unlike a hired hand, unlike someone who does not own the sheep, unlike someone who does not care for the sheep, I lay down my life for my sheep. Whereas the false shepherd will not do that. Instead, he will run away and expose the sheep to danger. And then, in verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd once more. Why? Because I know my own sheep. And my own sheep knows me. My own sheep know me, and I know my own sheep. And Jesus, in verse 15, compares his relationship that he has between himself and the sheep with the relationship that he has between himself and the Father. He says, just as the Father knows him, and he knows the Father, the same relationship exists between himself and his sheep. Now, I want us to look at this for a little bit. Let us look at the, the kind of relationship that Jesus has with the Father. Well, to start with, this relationship is eternal. Jesus has eternally known the Father. And the Father has eternally known Jesus Christ. There is never a time when the Father did not know Jesus Christ. And there's never a time when Jesus Christ did not know the Father. And Jesus is saying that it's the same relationship that exists between his sheep, the ones that he laid down his life for, and himself. Meaning, and this is where most people will not will have a problem, or maybe might struggle to accept this. This means that the relationship between Jesus Christ and his sheep is also an eternal relationship. Jesus has always known his sheep. And likewise, his sheep have always known Jesus Christ. They've always known him. Otherwise, this, this comparison doesn't make sense. If the Father have always known Jesus Christ, and Jesus has always known the Father, and Jesus says, just as similar to the way the relationship is, then I can conclude that this relationship between Jesus and his sheep is also eternal. I do not see how else this can be understood. I truly don't see how else this can be understood. And it makes sense, given that when Jesus comes, as he has explained in verses, uh, verses 4, let's just go to verse 4, 3 and 4, he says that the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. So Jesus has known what his sheep's name is, eternally. And because the sheep hear his voice, responds to his voice, and follow him, and they will not follow a stranger, that means likewise, they also have known Jesus. So this relationship existed way before now that Jesus is here. It existed way before. 
Because if you look at verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. And here in verse 4, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now how did the sheep know Jesus' voice if they've never met him before? How does that work? So therefore, this relationship that exists between Jesus Christ and the sheep is eternal. Now, what do I mean by that? Does it mean that we've existed some time in the past and, 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 and this is why we know Jesus Christ? No. But, that this relationship that exists between us and Jesus Christ is a relationship that has been determined from eternity past. In such a way that when Jesus comes, this relationship is enabled in us so that we can recognize our shepherd. This is what it means. That this relationship has been determined and has existed eternally. And when Jesus came and called us, that call was enabled in us to be able to recognize that there has always been this relationship and hence we are able to respond because it is a voice that now sounds very familiar. It is a voice that we know and it is a voice that we will follow. Hence Jesus can say this relationship between us, his sheep, and himself it is the same relationship between himself and the father both relationships have existed eternally i hope this makes sense before i move over from this point i just want to highlight it once more for the last time that what this means here is that the relationship between a jesus and his sheep meaning us who believe in him and that will come in at a later stage the relationship that exists between Jesus and his sheep has eternally existed just like the relationship between Jesus and the father what does this mean it means that this rela this relationship between Jesus and his sheep was determined, was decreed from eternity. It is not something that started when Jesus came to the world, but it is something that started way before. I hope that makes sense now. So, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Because this has been eternally decreed, eternally determined. And that is the same eternal relationship that Jesus has with his Father. And he lays down his life for his sheep. And in 16 he says, 
in verse 16, he comes out and says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. In other words, there are different folds here. There's one fold that Jesus is speaking about now, and there's one fold that contains other sheep that don't belong to this fold. But what he says here is that he must bring them also, and they will listen to his voice. They will listen to his voice. Look at the confidence that Jesus has in the fact that these other sheep will listen to his voice. Not maybe, not we'll see what happens when we get there, but these sheep will listen to his voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Why will these sheep listen to Jesus' voice? That we will find in verse 26 later on. But for now, Jesus says, there's other sheep, his sheep, that are not of his fault. The same relationship exists between Jesus and this sheep. That relationship also is eternal. Jesus will bring them and they will listen to his voice. They will listen to his voice. And he goes on, he says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. All that Jesus is saying here is, I have got authority over my life. I voluntarily, out of my own choice, own authority, give my life for my sheep. No one takes that life away from me. I voluntarily give it up and I will take it up again. And this comes from the Father. And this led, obviously, as we have seen in John many times, to divisions between those that were listening to Jesus speaking. Others said he had a demon, and he was insane. Why must they even listen to him? And others said these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. How can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And I suppose these words will also bring divisions, and actually they are bringing divisions between us as well. Because there are those that simply cannot accept that there is a, that there is a flock of sheep that belong to Jesus Christ, that have always belonged to Jesus Christ, that have always had a relationship with Jesus Christ from eternity past. The flock that Jesus knows each of them by name. The flock that Jesus has known from eternity. Now there are others that will find it difficult. And of course, this will also cause divisions. But this is what the scripture says. That there is this flock, there is this sheep, that have eternally had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this relationship 
was determined and decreed from eternity past. This is the flock that Jesus says he lays his down, his life for. This very same flock of sheep that have always eternally had a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the same flock. It is the same flock of sheep that Jesus will die for. Jesus will die only for the flock that he had, has had eternally relationship with. And now, we continue with verse 22. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, just like it's beginning to become winter now here, here by us. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. This is how Jesus answered, I told you, and you did not believe. Jesus says, I told you that I am the Christ. I have told you, but you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. Even the works that I do show that I am the Christ. They bear witness that I am the Christ. Yet, you do not believe me, and this is the most scary, almost, reason that Jesus gave. He says, you do not believe that I am Christ because you are not among my sheep. So their failure to believe has nothing to do with anything in them. It has nothing to do with that. It is because they are not among his sheep. This should bring a lot of concern. Remember what we've said. That there's this flock that has eternally had a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is for this flock that Jesus will die. Because he is a good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. So Jesus will die for this flock of sheep that have had an eternal relationship with him. But when you read verse 26, it says to you that there are other sheep that do not belong to Jesus Christ. Meaning, there are other sheep that have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. That have eternally not been determined to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because remember that the flock for whom Jesus will die this is the flock that have a relationship with Jesus Christ 
the relationship that was determined eternity past. This is a relationship that was decreed in eternity past. That these specific flocks, flock of sheep, will have with Jesus Christ. But the verse 26 says that there is other sheep that are not part of that flock. And that sheep does not believe Jesus Christ. Will not believe Jesus Christ. The reason why they do not believe is because they are not part of the sheep. Again, it also means for them or for any sheep to be able to believe Jesus Christ, it has to be part of his sheep. It has to be part of his sheep. If it's not part of his sheep, it will not believe. And to even emphasize this further, Jesus says, contrary to you, contrary to you who are not among my sheep, who therefore as a result of that do not believe, my sheep hear my voice. They do. You don't. I know them. On the contrary, I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Remember, he knows them, they know him, that eternal relationship. My sheep, contrary to you, that don't believe me, my sheep, hear my voice. They do. And I know them. I have a relationship with them. I have eternally had a relationship with them. And they follow me. Not only they hear, they follow me. They don't hear and decide somewhere and, you know, maybe we should follow him or not and, and so on. No, 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 no. They hear and they follow him. Just like when he said, there's other sheep, not of this fold, who will listen to him. This is a huge context. And this is concern you right now if you do not believe in Jesus Christ. Could it be that you do not believe because you are not among Jesus' sheep? Could it be? If I were you, I would pray very hard right now and ask God for mercy. Right now, because the consequences of this, the consequences of not being among Jesus' sheep is that you will not believe Him. No one who believes in Jesus Christ is outside his flock. You will not believe in Jesus Christ if you are outside his flock. You can only believe in Jesus Christ if you are part of his flock. Therefore, they do not believe because they are not among his sheep. Not because they don't understand. Not because they are still thinking about it. Not because there's something else. Not because they've got free choice or free will or whatever you call it. They simply do not believe. And what prohibits them from believing is because they are not among 
Jesusship. For them to believe, they have to be part of Jesusship. Because Jesusship, here in verse 27, hear his voice. Jesus knows them. And the end result is they follow him. And in verse 28, Jesus says, I give them eternal life. Who's them? The sheep. His sheep. He doesn't give every single sheep eternal life. He gives only his sheep. So eternal life is not for every single sheep. It's only for those that have always had eternal relationship with him. Those that hear his voice. Those that he knows. Those that follow him. And guess what? They will never perish. There is absolutely no possibility that those that are part of Jesus' sheep for whom he lays down his life, those who hear his voice, those who follow him, there is no way that those will end up in hell. They will never perish. So if at the end of everything, there sits people in hell, they sit there because they were never part of Jesus' flock. They were never part of Jesus' flock. And therefore they did not believe him. They did not hear him. They flee from him. They did not follow him. They did not respond to him because they are not of his sheep. A sheep will only listen to his shepherd because they know the shepherd's voice. Those that will be in hell will be in hell because they had followed another shepherd, not Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ had never known them was never their shepherd and never died for them. Because Jesus Christ will only die for his sheep. He will lay down his life for his sheep. And those that do not believe in him, it is not because they have a choice in whether they must believe or they must not believe. It is because they do not form part of Jesus' flock. That is the reason why they do not believe. Do you not believe today? Do you also not believe? If I were you, I would kneel down right now and ask God for mercy. Because the end result of you not believing in Jesus Christ is you will not have eternal life. And you will perish in hell. And just to emphasize how good a shepherd Jesus is, not only does he lay down his life for his sheep, but he also protects his sheep and no one will snatch them out of his hand. No one. The security of salvation of Jesus' sheep is done. If you are Jesus' sheep, you will hear his voice, you will follow him, you will have eternal life, you will 
never perish and that is a fact. You can take that to the bank as we always say. It is guaranteed you will not lose your salvation. You will not lose your salvation. My father, in verse 29, who has given them to me, my father, who has given them to me. Where did Jesus get this ship? Where did he get them? Jesus got his ship from the father. He is the one that said, Jesus, here is a flock of sheep that belongs to you. This was an eternal decision that was done eternally and it explains why Jesus knows his sheep. It explains why Jesus knows his sheep by name. It explains why John, Jesus said, the relationship that exists between him and his sheep is eternal. Because it is a relationship that has been created by God. When it in eternity past, he said, Jesus, I am going to create a flock of sheep for you. I am going to give them to you. You are going to give them eternal life. You are going to die for them. And they will never perish. And this same Father, who has given the sheep Jesus Christ, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So not only are these sheep protected by Jesus Christ, but they are doubly protected by the Father. Now try snatching them out of both the Father and Jesus' hand. Try. See if you will succeed. Now, these people that keep telling people that, uh, um, preachers that keep telling people that they'll lose their salvation, how do they read these verses? If the eternal life and the salvation of the sheep that belongs to Jesus Christ is protected by both Jesus and the Father, how on earth can these lose their salvation? How? Because both Jesus Christ and God the Father, both of them are protecting them. And Jesus gives us the assurance that they'll never perish. You'll never find them in hell. That is why John says those who live were never part. And he concludes by saying, I and the Father are one. One in what? In ensuring the salvation of the sheep in ensuring the protection of the sheep. That's how Jesus is one with the Father. In giving eternal life and protecting the salvation of the sheep. Again, this might be difficult for you to understand. As I said, Divisions not only were among the, those that were listening to Jesus. Divisions are there even now. How else do you read these verses and then conclude 
that people go to hell because they chose to reject Jesus Christ. How can you conclude that? Now, is it possible that Jesus might take others that are not part of his flock to heaven? Is it possible that Jesus could actually take others that are not supposed to be his flock, part of his flock, together with his flock? Is it possible that Jesus can maybe uh, leave some behind that are part of the sheep, the, the flock, but somehow they make a choice not to come? Let's, let's look at verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. When, not if. When he has brought. It's a definite thing, action that will happen. It's not something that is maybe going to happen. When he has brought out all, none is going to be left behind. All. Not all sheep, but only all his own. He will not fail. He will not fail. This verse gives no room for failure. Jesus does not fail to save his sheep that the Father has given him. He knows them. They know him. They hear his voice. They respond to his voice and they follow him. And others as well that are outside of this fold that belong to him will likewise hear his voice respond to his voice, follow him. But those that are not among sheep, they will not. They will not hear his voice. They will not respond to it. They will reject him and they will not follow him. So who did Jesus die for? Did he die for the whole world? No. He did not die for the whole world. He died for his sheep. And it is clear when you read the Bible that there are those that are not among the sheep. We saw that. Those are the ones that do not believe. But he said he dies for his sheep. He lays his down his life down for his sheep. He gives them eternal life. Not maybe. He does give them eternal life. And they will never perish. Never. Those sheep that Jesus dies for will never perish. 
they will not be in hell. Under no circumstances will they find themselves in hell. Because Jesus protects them. But not only Jesus. God, the Father who has given them to Jesus, also protects them. What about other sheep? Well, other sheep will not believe him. Will end up in hell. If people do not believe because they are not among Jesus' sheep, and it is designed that way, how is that fair? Well, here's the question. What will be fair? We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we all deserve to perish. What will be fair is all of us to go to hell. But God has decided in eternity past that some of those that deserve hell, He will have mercy on them. He will pour His grace on them. And he will send his son to die for them. And he will instead protect them. And they will never perish. What would be fair would be for all of us to go to hell. But instead, God, out of his own will, has decided to save some. That's mercy. And that's love. Why not all of us are saved? Because God has chosen to glorify himself in this way. Because this is the best way that God can glorify himself. In that those that are going to hell, those that have themselves, through their own acts, decided to reject God. Are going, God has allowed them to go to hell because it justifies, it, it shows God's justice and it glorifies Him. And those that are going to heaven who don't deserve it, it shows God's mercy and love. Either way, God is glorified. Either way, God is glorified. But how can God do this? Paul says in Romans 9, Who are you to question God? Who are you to question God? If you are listening to this message today, and you are wondering, am I the sheep? Go down on your knee today and ask God for mercy. Ask God to pour His grace on you. For only those that God gives to Jesus Christ 
left eternal life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to Jesus Christ unless drawn by the Father. John 6.44 And if you believe in Jesus Christ today, praise God for that. Thank God for that. Because you do not deserve it. And you did nothing to deserve it. It is God who deserves the glory. Who deserves the praise. I know this is very difficult. To accept And to hear. But Jesus said, if you are to follow him, deny yourself. It's not about you. It's about what it will cost you to believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus did not die for the whole world. He only died for those that he has received from the Father. Those that the Father has drawn to Him. And those are the ones, only ones, that will have eternal life. Because if there are, there is even one sheep that the Father gave to Jesus Christ that is in hell right now or in future, then Jesus failed. And we know he cannot fail. I hope this message will open your eyes so that you may see God's word, your ears so that you may hear and understand, and your heart so that you may receive this word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.